Sweet. Do you want to get started? Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Cook It. We're Drea and Renee, friends who love to cook and bake. Though we are busy with six kids combined, we still take time to meal plan and make home-cooked meals for our families. Today, we're wrapping up Brown Eggs and Jam Jars Mm -hmm. by Amy Wimbush-Bork. And in an exciting change-up, we'll be introducing our new book today as well. So we'll do that a little later. And that'll give us more time for recipe fun uh, for the podcast. Yay, recipe fun! I know, the best part, right? That's what the people mm-hmm. want. They want the cooking. Yeah, they want to know how our recipes went. Exactly. Um, so how did this book align with how we cook week to week, specifically you, Renee? Are the recipes um, straightforward? So I, uh, I found that the recipes were straightforward. I have a really strong, well, and I say really strong, but I'm no chef, right? I'm mm-hmm. a self-taught home cook and I can I can read between the lines when necessary. Yeah. Um, and so these recipes, a lot of them, they fit really nicely into my meal plan. Um, and it wasn't difficult to like slot them in. As we talked before, I have a meal plan, plan I meal prep like a machine. And a lot of these um did fit into that mm-hmm. um so and uh, and most of the ingredients were accessible i mean i like we've talked before i get a lot of my baking stuff and and uh sugars from our local bulk store um which was a necessity for this book especially because she uses a lot of whole wheat flour buckwheat flour cane sugar she doesn't use brown sugar or white sugar she uses cane sugar as a sweetener in a lot of her recipes Mm -hmm. so um it was good to have that bulk access because if i was getting though a lot of those ingredients from the grocery store it would have made this process a lot more expensive Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just buy whatever you needed instead of like a giant bag of something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and sense. even the pricing is better at the bulk food store. So even Sometimes. if I did buy a giant bag, yeah, um, I found for like the cane sugar and, and the flowers and stuff, um, I I wasn't disappointed in the price point of those. So I can't remember where I bought my giant bag of cane sugar. Somewhere. Might have been Costco. Yeah. Oh, been maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I how about you? Have like a pretty. I usually have a pretty good running sense of where I bought anything and what the price was. But yeah, not today. If you how were about looking me? At the bag, you would know probably. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Uh, it didn't really align with my cooking sensibility. Like there was a lot of very interesting recipes that I flagged. But, um, you know, it just, uh, it just didn't work out for me. Yeah. The recipes I tried didn't have enough detail or required special ingredients that I don't really want to go out and buy at the moment. Like buckwheat flour is a good example that you provided. Mm -hmm. Like I may still make them later, but I'm not going to go out and buy buckwheat flour. And you had recommended the maple cider baked beans. Well, I don't yes. have apple cider in my house at the moment, so I don't really want to go out and buy apple cider. 
And then like it's same with the the ham and anyway, some of the recipes I did try were really tasty once I like puzzled through some of the omissions. Um and I will make the gingered beef burritos again because they were really tasty. Mm-hmm. But overall, I don't know about this cookbook. I it doesn't it just doesn't align with me. I'm not a big yeah. meal prepper. I like to make things spur of the moment. Um yeah. And a lot of it isn't like that. Like I flagged uh the pudding shoma and yes. it requires 24 hours to make. Like you have to have it prepped oh. 24 hours in advance. Which is fine because I'm aware of that, but I don't know. I don't it just I feel like in episode 1 we talked about um how we approach buying a cookbook and what our favorite cookbooks have. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, I talked about beautiful food photography and you know, really like heartwarming meals and you talked about you want the details. You mm-hmm. want the nitty-gritty and you want every aspect if I'm making it now, if I'm freezing it for later, tell me exactly the measurements and all the things that I need to know. And hey, okay. You're making it sound like that's unreasonable, but that is what no, a cookbook no. should contain. No. no, no, I'm not. I'm not making it sound. Uh, no, no, I don't think it's unreasonable at all. But you are very looking at the recipe word details and mm-hmm. I am allowing myself to be drawn in by the photos. Yes. Um, so no, I'm not. I'm not making it like that's. Yeah, I don't think it's that that's unreasonable at all. I am. I am making. I guess I'm giving bonus points to photos, and you're giving bonus points to like super detail, workability. So, is how yeah. I it, it's not even the details. I was listening to a podcast with Dory Greenspan and she was telling the host how she writes a recipe and there's testing and wording choice and mm-hmm. more testing and options. And I was reading and she was saying like she has a she has a recipe tester and if the recipe doesn't work out for the tester then she goes back and she tweaks it and she figures out why it didn't work. And I just feel like that that is crucial to making a good cookbook because you're not dealing with chefs. People don't necessarily know what's in your head. You have to translate that over to yeah. uh, an amateur. And that is why people are buying books. It's not because they want, like, yes, beautiful food photography is important, and it's not, they don't want to be guessing when they spend the money to buy your book. They want yeah. to know that it's going to be a successful recipe. And there's nothing worse for me than wasting ingredients on a recipe that does not work. Yeah. You know? And see, I think this is where, like, you are almost a more skilled cooker than I am. Um because you know to look for all of those things and you've really like you have such a wide um, experience of stuff that you've cooked 
Whereas I, I have not tackled half of the things that you have tackled, like in your cooking, like realm. So, Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think that's like, I would feel like I'm almost a little bit more juvenile in the way I select and rate cookbooks because I'm like, I really let the photos speak. And then if I can rep, like if I can replicate just with my, like, like I said, reading between the lines, then I consider that a win. Whereas you're like, well, I had to guess this part. So why is that not there? You know, I would have (laughs) never even picked up on that. So I feel like this book has, and you know what, looking back, Joy of Cooking also did this because you were like, they gave all the instructions and I'm like, there were no pictures, (laughs) you know? So that's true. And, but I wouldn't sell yourself short. Like you do some amazing stuff that I would never tackle. And like you did Queen of Moth. That is no joke. Yeah, but you make pastries and chocolate work all the time. Oh, well, but that's fun. But so and, is Queen of Mars. And all the time is not not necessarily true. <laughs> um, when I have the time and the energy, that's when I do that stuff. Yeah. So, I never. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I think that... I think you and I are probably like the best pair of people because we're coming at it from two completely different angles. Um, And our pod scoring, if they do align, they're aligning for very different reasons. So I, I mean, I agree. I think it's, I think it's ideal because not everyone is going to buy a cookbook for the reason that I buy it and not everyone's going to want, it for the reason that you buy it right and like yeah if it, it also I also agree that a book should be beautiful and should be super detail oriented so it's yeah. interesting the whole the whole process is very interesting and uh I hope you don't think less of one of your favorite books because no I, <laughs> I and I don't I don't think less of it and so without further ado how about we reveal our pod scores? Drea, would okay. you like to go first? Yes, I would. I only gave this book one apron. However, if she was to come out with a second edition with like edits and more instruction and all kinds of notes, I would probably buy the second edition and be okay. happy. Okay. Um, I, I gave this a four out of five, um, because I do agree with you. There are, there, there is a need for reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I cooked a lot out of this book, um, over the past, uh, four weeks, mm-hmm. um, above what we've already talked about, um, I made the maple pepper glazed pork chops, which were mm. delicious. Um, I made the lemon oregano roast chicken, um, and it was also delicious. Like the rub that it 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 p- created to put on the chicken, it was just really good. I actually spatchcocked my first chicken to Ooh, make. Oh, I've done that, that before. Yeah, it's, it's not fun, a requirement. Right? 
It is. It's not a requirement in that recipe, but I wanted to be able to cook it um, in a little less time. And my chickens are larger than the typical chicken that you would get from yeah, the store. Yeah, yours is basically so. a turkey. <laughs> Almost. Um, I also did the crispy rosemary potatoes, which I have a little fun story about what happened. So the crispy rosemary potatoes, um, she essentially coats the potatoes in a cornmeal and Mm -hmm. she um, makes a a rosemary garlic oil in a cast iron skillet. So you cook the rosemary and the garlic, the garlic um, cloves whole and then you put parboiled potatoes that have been tossed in cornmeal, salt, and pepper, and you put them in the skillet and flip them after a few minutes so that they all get that crust, and then you throw crust, and then you throw it in the oven. So okay. after our meal, we were kind of cleaning up, and Wayne thought that there was a few little baby potatoes left. And Without cornmeal hunks, no, without thinking, he picked up a whole clove of garlic and (laughs) bit into it. Well, it would have been roasted, it probably was delicious. (laughs) Um, see, Wayne does not like garlic straight up, he does not like he, it's too strong for him, he doesn't like the flavor of like an onion. Anyways, he popped it in the whole thing right into his mouth and he immediately started to gag. Oh no. <laughs> and he, it was all like macerated in his teeth and he couldn't get the flavor away and he was like bleh, bleh, over the sink and rinsing his mouth. And oh, I just no. I still laugh about it now. It was just absolutely hilarious. And the thing is, I had a feeling that could happen. Because they really did look like little weenie baby potatoes in the in the skillet. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't say a word. And of course, it happened. It was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> so That's funny because um, I have an appetizer that I serve where I roast garlic and just like smear it on bread with cheese and some oh, and Cajun see, spice. That so roasted garlic, it, see, this was like it was pan seared in oil first. Mm-hmm. And then it was like I it wasn't that consistency of like roasted garlic where it almost gets buttery. Yes. It that's was exactly still pretty pungent. Oh, that's weird. How long was it in yeah. the oven? Uh only about twenty to twenty-five minutes. Um, okay. Yeah. That one, yeah, it wasn't that very long. No. So, anyways, it was fun. Uh for me. <laughs> it sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah. Um I've, and I've told you about the maple cider baked beans. That is an OG recipe that like we make every um, every time we make like a turkey dinner or a ham dinner uh, for the family, like this gets requested. They are really delicious. And I I do recommend I that you go for back your baked beans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Go. How sweet does it turn out? Because I see there's like a half a cup of maple syrup in there. And my and chief complaint. Pardon? There's also molasses. Yeah. My chief complaint is that even when I I have made beans before with the intention of making more of a tomato-y bean, and Mm -hmm. you put a little molasses in there, and it just, the sweetness dominates the whole dish. And most of the time, I find them sickly sweet. 
Like yeah, they're so, so sweet. I don't want to eat them. So I don't find these sweet. There's also tomato paste in these. Um, and I find that the tomato paste really cuts it. There's also cider vinegar uh, mm-hmm. and some Dijon mustard um, that really cuts that. Um, and I think you like a lot of people use a brown sugar in their yeah. baked beans. And I like I think you will be pleasantly surprised with what the maple syrup does. Like don't mm-hmm. use table syrup. And I know you would never do that. Oh like my god, I don't even have that in my no. house. <laughs> I know, me neither. But cuz that would be disgusting. But um I think like the half a cup of maple syrup isn't uh all that much. Mm-hmm. And of course, she says, I think she says use four pieces of bacon. Just use a whole package. Like, yeah. do me proud. I have... Do me proud. Use a whole package of bacon. <laughs> like, I'm going to open it and only use four. Uh, right. <laughs> I just... My in-laws did maple syrup this year. Yes. And uh, while we were social distancing, they came for a driveway hang and they brought maple syrup they brought me two bottles and they're two different colors and they were like oh. one is earlier an earlier run and one is the later run so it's way darker and I was okay. like "Ooh!" and apparently it's better for baking and stuff I haven't done any research yet but I was like I'm excited to try it and maybe this would be a good recipe because I think it's more it's less sweet and has more of a like a mild bitter taste okay just so that it's it's got like more personality I guess yeah. I'm excited to try it. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. When you're done being beaned out, because that was the reason we didn't do this recipe. Uh, yeah, I and now I can't find dried it. beans, which is annoying. <laughs> I will send you some in the mail. No, it's fine. And again, I think I've got bulk some. Store. But I haven't, I haven't set foot in the bulk store, and I find ordering online difficult because I like yeah, to just tricky. go in and pick my own stuff. Yeah, anyway. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving through so I also made her butter roasted turkey um, what intrigued me about this recipe was it was super simple and so I so I don't know if you know this but when you get a turkey from the store it's often been injected with a sodium uh, solution that gives yeah, it to that make it look plump and keep it yeah. juicy yes so my turkeys are homegrown so they don't have that sodium solution injected so I often mm-hmm. brine my turkey which is, yes, a chore. That is my favorite way to make a turkey because they're so delicious they are um but it's a it's a chore when your bird is 23 plus pounds because they don't make yeah. brine bags that big so I have a container uh, and a cooler setup that I will share with you later yes please do because I got like unscented clear garbage bags like yeah. the large heavy duty ones and mm-hmm. then I set that into um a five gallon pail if my turkey will fit in one it has happened that it has not um yeah. or I use my recycle bin um <laughs> like my my bin from under the sink um it's just it's Still. a chore so she has you like dry the turkey down rub it down with salt and let it sit in the fridge overnight yeah which you would probably have to do anyway no not when I brine because when you brine no but to thaw it you need to 
Leave it out. Yeah. A couple days. Yeah. But the salt and letting it sit in the fridge overnight, I think that kind of took over some of the brine stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you rub it all over with butter and roast it. And so by doing this, it was completely thawed and it cut down the cook time. And because mm-hmm. it, like, because you brought it to room temperature, it cut it down a little bit more even. Um, and it was really delicious. I like I grow my own turkeys, so I have turkeys in the freezer at all times. So it's not unusual for me to throw a turkey in on a random weekend. That being said, if I'm making a turkey for a special occasion that I'll be serving to a lot of people, I'll likely still go ahead and do the whole brine method. But if I'm just doing it at home, I think I'll go back to her butter roasted turkey method. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to cut a couple days out of your existing method and save you the trouble of trying to find a bin that's going to fit one of your big ass turkeys. Yeah. And I like it. If it's Um, tasty and most of it, you've got to use as leftovers anyway. And I find leftover turkey can get like, it can get dry. So brining won't help that. No, it does not. Um, I also made the maple pumpkin chili, which uh, was delicious. Nobody suspected the pumpkin in the chili, and it just mm-hmm. added so many more veggies. I made the slow cooker sp- maple cider ham, and it was delicious. The ginger beef and cheesy bean burritos, I made a ton of those, um, and they I've been having them for lunches, and I brought some to my friend who's pregnant, and they're in the freezer. The cheesy butternut squash penne, my kids are loving that for their lunches. The roasted tomato pizza sauce. Now, this is a recipe that I really enjoy the flavor of it, but the sauce is a little runny. And I'm wondering if I should not have included the pan juices from roasting the tomatoes in the sauce when I, like, mixed it up. But that instruction wasn't there so may I tell you I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't tell you this in the moment because it was too late oh no uh it's really hard to double tomato sauce recipes and get the consistency you want because the fluids just don't evaporate the same speed I've had other canning recipes where like I have uh blue ribbon canning and my god those recipes are good those people know how to can anyway (laughs) they um they specifically warn you. They're like, if you're going to double this recipe, you need you need to make it in two pots so that oh. the water can evaporate as fast as it normally would. Because if you make one big pot, it's going to be soup. And I have had that problem before. I made it all in so, one giant ass pot. And because there's not enough surface area for the water to escape from, it just like, it was so runny. So and then I've had that I problem did with this, other stuff. Because I doubled this recipe. I know when you told me you were making a big ass batch, I was like, "Don't play out." But like, <laughs> I also wasn't thinking about that in the moment. I was like, "Holy crud! How many tomatoes did you get? <laughs> yeah. Where did you score all that produce?" Seriously, um, like Roma tomatoes are not in season yet. Yeah, it was a combination of Costco and the grocery store. <laughs> nice. Last year, I bought two or three cases of Romas, and I. I was silly because I bought them all at the same time and I couldn't process them fast enough. Uh, and I ended up wasting some. 
this year, uh, if I buy them, I will stagger it. So I will get one, one case at a time and try and can I'm, or freeze. I'm attempting to grow my own Romas this year. So mm. I don't have the space, but I can imagine if you've got lots of room. Yeah. There's no reason you couldn't. No. So, um, and then I still have that her everyday sandwich bread on, on deck. I'd still like to make it. I didn't get making it this weekend, but you are a um, machine going through this I, book. I know. I really want to hire you. <laughs> I just, I really wanted to give it a good try. And like I said, like I've had the book since it came out and I had only made the maple cider baked beans and I felt bad. I felt bad that I've had it for so long and just not made enough out of it. So yeah, it's your I, book. Yeah. You can do what you want. It can be well, just an I, ornament if you want it to be. Well, I cooked out of it and I really like it. So that being said, that's where my four aprons comes out of because pretty much all the recipes were tasty, even if I had some guesswork to do. So mm. um, I wouldn't mind trying her whole wheat flour tortillas because oh, when she yeah. was talking about the uh she was talking in the beef the ginger beef burritos that she uses yeah. that or that she makes them okay. herself which I wouldn't mind oh. trying there are still recipes that I have flagged but I don't know I am so discouraged about some of the results and my husband he's probably sick of hearing me every time I start a recipe in this book I'm just like oh this book because even with like the ginger with joy <laughs> the gingered beef burritos so I was making them and I was making them that day I was like I don't need to freeze them why doesn't she have cooking instructions that don't involve coals or a barbecue people don't yeah. always like just because it's a summer recipe doesn't mean people are always making it in the summer and mm -hmm. I was like she should have heating instructions for people who are inside anyway I came up with an idea for next time when I make it, I will. I have one of those panini presses. If I'm yes. not heating it in the oven for half an hour, at, or if I'm making them fresh, I will use my panini press and not oh, waste all that tin foil. Anyway, I was just like, anyway, you know See, what my feelings are. They were delicious. Yeah, I um, I didn't. I ran out of tin foil when I was making these. So what? I, yeah, how is that even possible? <laughs> Um, you call I, yourself a food hoarder. <laughs> I'm not a very good one. I have have a love hate relationship with tin foil, mm -hmm. um, so I don't buy it in mass quantities anymore. And I only buy the thick stuff from Costco. Okay. I have like a yeah. barbecue heavyweight tin foil. That's what I'm okay. all about. It's very wasteful, yeah. but. Frig, it works great because my husband likes yeah. to make these like potato packages that go on the barbecue and there's nothing worse than flimsy tin foil. Yeah. So I, what I did whenever I made my burritos was I rolled them all up together, which by the way, my burrito rolling was on fucking point that day. Um, <laughs> well, I saw your I, Instagram, so I know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, put them all in a single layer on sheet pans and I flash froze them. Mm -hmm. And then after they were flash froze, I just portioned them into Ziploc bags. Yeah. And I have been cooking them at 375 for 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah. Which <clears throat> she does provide those reheating instructions. 
Oh, does she? Because I just, yeah. I was like, I don't know how to, what am I doing? Oh, well, I think <laughs> I you nailed it. She might have said 350, but I think you'll be fine. Yeah. But Panini Press is really smart. And I think I have like a grilled cheese maker or, oh, mm-hmm. I have a, uh, a pan that has a heavy like cast iron press that Mm, I could use. That would work great. Yeah. So maybe I'll do that because the 30 minutes, like if I'm forgetting to get everything going, that's a long time to wait to eat when I am hangry. Oh yeah. I was thinking only if I made them fresh because I do have three in the freezer. Oh yeah. um, That I will probably heat in the oven or in my little vortex. Yeah. Okay. But uh, when I make them fresh again, I will use the panini press. Cool. Because I'm not turning on the barbecue for like four burritos. No. Also, the barbecue method did not work great. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I put them yeah. in. They weren't crispy at all. They were tasty, but not crispy. Well, they do crisp up from the freezer in the oven. So yeah, I figured I they would because the outside would thaw first and get nice and like a little crunchy, and then the stuff inside would be melty. Yep. Mm -hmm. So with your one apron and my four, that gives um, brown eggs and jam jars an overall pod rating of 2.5 aprons, which is kind of, well, it's exactly halfway. (laughs) Yeah. 50%. Um, So hopefully that helps our listeners decide whether or not they would like to give it a try. Yeah, I think... There was another thing that came to mind earlier. I was thinking that like, because you have more space than I do, maybe it aligns more with your um, habits, maybe. Because like, I don't always have, I don't have space for a ham in the fridge, in the freezer all the time. I don't have space for a turkey. Although I do appreciate a recipe book with one turkey recipe. Yeah. There's really not that many people who include it, but I think having more space because a lot of the homesteading stuff I can't relate to at all. Yeah, that's true. And I, whereas I relate to it a lot, even when we're not in the situation that we are in right now. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, like you have access to like, does she do stuff with milk? uh, No. No? I just like, it made me think like, yeah. Renee could probably make her own maple syrup. Yeah. Renee could grow her own stone fruit if she wanted. Yeah. (laughs) Renee could make her own apple cider if she wanted. You know. I can't do that. I could, but I'd have to buy, like, I'd have to go to the apple orchard and buy the apples and then make it and then figure out where to keep it that the mice couldn't get. Lousy mice. (laughs) Exactly. Stupid rodents. There's nothing worse then trying to be a food hoarder and discovering that you have a teeny mouse in your house. Like, little yeah. jerk. He ruined some of my favorite, um, like I bought fancy candies for the top of cakes. No. They're like little chocolate spheres. And they got in there and I was like, I'm crushed. <laughs> but oh, now I want to order again from the fancy chocolate place because I was like, maybe I'll just replace the bag and no one will know. <laughs> I also want fancy cocoa powder because I've been reading this new book of ours, Introducing Weeknight Baking by Michelle Lopez. It's recipes to fit your schedule. Yes. Anyway, I'm very Um, excited. 
to bust open this new book. Yeah, we're going to kind of switch things up here. And instead of doing a whole episode where we um, talk about the old book and then a whole episode where we talk about the new book, we're going to clam those two together and give you more recipes. I like the use of the word clam in this. <laughs> I, it's because I was making a clam with my hands. Ah, yes. See, I would have said jam those two together. <laughs> But I like the clam image better. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yeah. This book has recently come out. I think she she put it out in 2019. And it's uh, from Hummingbird. No, what is her? Hummingbird High. So she originally started her high altitude baking. And listeners, I have a fun story for you on how I got this book. Go. So. Well, my co-host is very sneaky. She asked me a very pointed question on the podcast and said, like, what book are you coveting? And then after I told her, this book (laughs) mysteriously appeared at my door. It was very (laughs) sneaky and very thoughtful. And I could not be happier that I received it. (laughs) Well, I I have to say, when you talked about it and then I looked at it on Indigo, I thought, this is going to be a fun book. And I think we need more fun in our lives. So agreed. If, like I couldn't, I, we, we can't share right now. So no. I'm like, let's ship one of these to Drea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on board with that. If anyone wants to send me uh, cookbooks, you just DM us and I'll send you my, I guess, yeah. post office box. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Drea told me about this. Um, so when you talked about it, the the hummingbird high part, that's what kind of piqued my interest because uh, my cousin lived in high altitude and I, I could remember her telling me how things can be so tricky. But then this weeknight baking concept is not it. It's completely separate from the high altitude yeah. baking. But being someone who loves to cook you know, and bake. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this would be a fun one uh, for my family because my husband has a major sweet tooth, which we have talked about. And mm-hmm. so he's pretty stoked that this is our next book. I let the cat out of the bag last night and he's like, yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> it's nice that you have so many people to feed it to. I usually uh-huh. end up eating most of the stuff I bake because nobody else like my kids still have to earn their dessert and my husband yes. will eat one one piece usually but yeah my I'm kids also I'm... still have to earn their dessert um and i fully plan on sharing the spoils of this book um with friends and yeah. neighbors uh while keeping socially distant but um i i don't plan on consuming everything within my household yeah, I think it's a great idea. I probably will end up doubling some of the stuff and bringing it around to my friends because I have two two friends that have had babies in the last like month. Yes. So I uh, I was thinking I look forward to bringing it around. Although um, one friend has a food allergy, like she's uh, celiac. So oh, okay. Uh, some stuff I don't bring around to her place, but there is a whole section on. Um, like alternate ingredient baking she doesn't have a lot but she has like 
one or two vegan recipes, and then um, she does have one gluten-free Meyer lemon yeah. cornmeal tort. That's a maybe. Yes. Where, you know what? Considering baking is definitely not like a gluten-free, vegan, celiac-friendly situation mm-hmm. on a good day, um, I think it's really great that she did include some of those variations in her book, even though they are so labor intensive to develop and to make yes. sure that the ratios are right. The science behind baking is so much more than the science behind cooking in in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. So I think it's really great that she um, did go that extra mile and include some of those variants. So, yeah, I think it's nice. And I'm glad it's not overwhelming either because that's not why I bought the book. Like I do Mm -hmm. have gluten-free books. I just bought one. I'm very excited to start reading it, but um, (laughs) like, that's not why I bought a, why I wanted this book, you know? Okay. So so what's your first impression? Um, so my first impression was, I I don't know. I like so I have a lot of things flagged. She mm-hmm. has a lot of beautiful food photography. Um, Perfect. And what what kind of freaked me out is probably what kind of excited you is there is a lot of detail, and so I love it. Every recipe has an intro. Every recipe seems to have variations. And she even includes like how much extra prep time these variations take. Yeah. And so I. (laughs) That's my excited weird noise. I know. And you know what it is? I am a slow reader. And so I always like to read the recipe first. And so when there's a lot of reading, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so overwhelming. <laughs> and I'm making myself sound like I'm stupid. I, mean, I can read, guys. It's just I'm a slow reader. And so sometimes I just want to get to it. And yeah. so I'm just going to have to be patient. But there is a lot of stuff in here that I want to make. And yeah. I am pretty stoked about diving into this book and just getting into a season of making treats. So same. Yeah. I have a list already of um, recipes I'd like to make, although some have very specific ingredients. So I'm, um, I'm a little hesitant. Well, I'm nervous that I will want to make something and I'll be discouraged by not being able to find the ingredients. Like there's yeah. a, a scone recipe that she recommends using kamut flour and creme fraiche. And I'm like, those are not particularly available here and she does say like oh you can order it she has a resources page that I have not read yet but I assume that it's very American and I won't be able to access it because we don't have access to the American Amazon machine but I'm still excited to try it I have like at least 12 recipes listed and I read I read a little bit of her, um, like one of her intros, the because I was like, what is choose your L-O-E berries and cream yes. tart? And it's the level of effort. And I laughed because it's so like project management-y. And I know. It's like, <laughs> that's the kind of sh- shit that I would do if I wrote a book. Yeah. I'd be like, 
I'm going to use my nerdy regular brain and bring it into baking. And there was something else. Oh, there is a lot of preamble in this book. There's like 60 pages before you even get to a recipe. Oh, wait, no, 56? Yep. And And I uh, I read through all of those. Well, that was the question I was going to ask you. Do you always read all that setup nonsense where they talk about like what tools they use and when they say flour, this is what they mean? And like, do you read that shit? So um, I will skim through with her because baking, I do not consider myself a strong baker. Um, Disagree. I've tried your stuff. Yeah, I know, but I get very intimidated. So, and because we're in this current state where some things are hard to find, I wanted to know what she said about all these different ingredients and about different Mm. leaveners. And I also do skim through, um, like, she has rules for substituting butter and rules for substituting chocolate. So a lot of Is the rule for butter, don't? um no uh it was around or okay so it was don't substitute margarine or other tub butters for real butter Mm -hmm. but then she also talked about substituting salted for unsalted and cultured versus sweet cream and european versus american so that really interested me because i have always only ever bought unsalted butter and when I read through her information on substituting salted for unsalted that's when I went to Costco and I bought not only all of the unsalted butter but all of the salted butter so that I have options (laughs) I use salted butter uh I always have butter on the counter and that's like for toast or whatever that's when I use salted butter or when I'm cooking when I'm like if I'm putting salt butter into a pan I'll use the salted but for any baking I always use unsalted which is funny that she goes over all that because I was reading the Dory Greenspan book and she I never read the preamble but with an ebook you're a lot more like you have to go through it to get to the recipes so I was actually reading it for like the first time ever and uh, she was talking she's like when I say butter in this book it means unsalted and I was like "Uh uh-oh should I have been reading the like intro parts to all these recipe books? Because most of the time I just go to the recipe and I'm like, flour, do, 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 do. Like, yeah. Ooh. Well, and they usually don't, um, like in my experience, the intros usually don't, like she went into a lot of detail here and that like, I love it. Um, and so she does use, salted butter in some recipes um mm-hmm. so she she I, it was just you know what I found it very comforting to have all of this information at my fingertips she also mm-hmm. talked about substituting different flours eggs and sugars which I will do like I'll often take brown sugar out and add maple syrup into a recipe so um yeah and then for the tools part they all have their tools part I usually just skim over that and see if there's anything there that I don't know of or oh why would Mm -hmm. she list that what would she use that for um so and obviously she talks about like 
weight and measurement and how to like properly measure stuff. And I do notice that she has um, weights for all of her flour and sugar and stuff. And I have been weighing my dry ingredients where weight is provided lately because I find it gets a more consistent result. So yeah. Agreed. I agreed. I'm excited about it though. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. So me too. So I picked out a vegan cookie recipe because I'm like, oh, I only have two eggs in the fridge and my order is not ready until Saturday. And it's currently Thursday. So I was like, hmm, maybe it's gonna be vegan chocolate chip almond cookies. Sounds like it might be. Right. Um, Yeah. The other change up like that we're I mean, we already did this before where we would kind of go through and agree on what recipe we were cooking together. But we'd always say, oh, whose recipe is it this week and whose recipe Mm -hmm. is it this week? But let's be real, friends. Dre and I work together on determining what recipe we're going to cook together and share with you um, so that you can cook along with us as well. So without further ado... Drea, do you want to let the cat out of the bag of what recipe we're going to begin with? Out of ah, we're going to do we're going to do the pumpkin loaf, but it's a choose yeah. your own adventure pumpkin loaf. It is. I'm super stoked about it. Um, and if you can see in our shared notes, I think I am going to settle on the chai spice, chai pumpkin spice pumpkin loaf. It is funny that you picked that because I would have also picked that. <laughs> but i may also just make the classic or vanilla you know maybe i'll make both who knows i I did talk about doubling the recipe maybe we will make all three who knows Mm. um but yeah i i think it's really cool that she had like that whole choose your own adventure like idea where you get to choose how you're going to flavor your pumpkin loaf so she does a lot of things items like that in the book and which is making me even more excited about it. So, yay. Uh, the only thing I have noticed already when I'm looking at the pumpkin loaf recipe, it says yeah. one recipe of her spice blend, but she doesn't tell you how much it would be if you weren't making it. Cause some people just have pumpkin spice in the fridge or in the pantry. Oh, hmm. it's about, Seven and a quarter teaspoons if you do them. Interesting. Oh, wait. Maybe she tells you later on how much to use. What are you talking about? Okay. So in the choose your own pumpkin spice bread, it has a list of ingredients, but it doesn't tell you how much store-bought pumpkin spice you might use if you weren't making if you weren't making it. Oh, okay. So yeah, where she refers you to page 67. Yeah, but like right. sometimes you just have that stuff in that. I have some in the cupboard. I'll make it, but I'm just like, oh, it would be nice if she just told you, like, if you're using store-bought, use this. That's because you're not supposed to buy store-bought pumpkin spice, Drea. You're supposed to make it from scratch. Get with that who program. Has, who has time for that? We all have anyway, to. Anyway, <laughs> I have... I have some time for that. It's really just mixing like three or four spices. I probably could do it, but I'm just saying you should have the option. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited. Did you, how do you feel about the paper that they used in this book? 
you know, it's funny you say that because um, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of flimsy. And then oh, I thought the opposite. Yesterday, well, okay, but then because I, I think I was coming off of a different book that had like more of a cardboardy paper. Mm. Um, and so yesterday, whenever I was going through it, I was like, oh, I have too many pages here. I'm like, nope, that's that's one page. So mm-hmm. it's um it's a different paper, like than what I would normally expect from a cookbook. Uh, yeah, and I did notice different. that whenever it first came, you know. So, yeah, it makes it a very heavy book. Yes. Like it's a heavy yeah. book for the size that it is. Anyway, I have it maybe preferences because, on paper. <laughs> you know what, though? It does kind of lay open a little nicer than others hmm. because the True. paper is like that. Um, and that's the worst is when you're trying to cook and you have to like weigh half the book down because yes. it keeps wanting to close yeah, there's some where I have intentionally cracked the spine because I'm like, would you just stay open? I know, but it's Killing so me. sad when you have to do that. I don't know. Sometimes it makes me feel good. I'm like, crunch. <laughs> yeah, Did I mention that I'm also a book nerd? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're very excited about this book. Any concerns other than like ingredient sourcing? Um... A lot of her stuff is like weeknight baking, which is yep. not, I'm not a weeknight baker. How you do it? Baker. Yeah. She I'm, does usually provide instructions on how to do it all in one day. Yes. And so I have seen that. So I think, I I don't think I need to be worried about that. Um, yeah. Because when I'm tackling stuff, I'm tackling all the things on a weekend, getting yeah. it all done and getting it out of the kitchen. <laughs> I do appreciate the options, though, because in my later years, like IE now, um, when I was younger, I would stay up until like midnight making things and then like bring it to work the next day or whatever. But now, or say it was a person's birthday and I wanted to bring a cake, I would do everything the night before. But now I find like I will make the cake a couple days in advance and wrap it up. And then I'll make the icing a couple days in advance, wrap it up. And then I assemble on the day or the day before that I need to actually bring stuff. So I like having the written instructions because I find there's a lot of people have a lot of hesitation to do that. Yeah. Like not everyone is confident that, oh, will my cake stay moist? Will it taste good if I make it a couple of days ahead? Like how do I store it, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I think I kind of, I like that she's addressed a lot of that in the book. Yeah. 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 Cool. I just got to well, the chocolate cake recipe. I'm excited to make it. I know it. I'm looks sure my so kids good. are excited to eat it. <laughs> as long as they behave. Yeah, <laughs> they helped me make cookies yesterday, and it was adorable because it was the kind where you roll them into a ball and then roll it in the sugar. Oh my yes. Son, my son was having a hard time rolling the balls, and he's like, "Mommy, can you roll them in the balls, and I will put them in the sugar?" I'm like, "Absolutely, honey." And he's like, they're <laughs> all rolled up. And he's like, it's just so funny. See, it's so, yeah. See, I hate, this is going to sound really stupid. You I hate baking hate. with your kids? <laughs> yes. Because I, I kind of hate it. It's very frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't even do it. But I hate a rolled cookie. 
where I have to get my hands dirty and like all sticky in the palms from rolling. And I will actually wear rubber gloves to do those types of things because I can't stand the feeling on my hands. But right now with a shortage of rubber gloves and Mm -hmm. latex gloves, I have not been buying any and I am rationing out the ones that I have here. And so uh, my oldest, she, uh, she gets in there and she makes his makes ginger giant ginger cookies and she's rolling them out and getting her hands all dirty. And then she was also making these chewy chocolate cookies out of her kid's cookbook and she's rolling them all out. Whereas I'm a scooper. I use my scoop so that they're all anyways. And it's just so funny. Yeah. I use the scoop and then roll them. No, I don't want to touch it. I hate that. I hate getting, I just wash my hands a hundred times. Oh, I just, I hate getting the feeling of stuff under my nails and when it's so sticky and you have to wash and wash and wash. And then even when you've washed your hands, they still feel like a little bit oily. So then you have to Mm -hmm. wash again. Drives me nuts. Anyways, but my daughter loves that stuff. So I just let her go to town and I don't have to touch that stuff anymore. That's funny. I actually purposely, I keep my nails short because of that reason. Like when yeah. I'm making bread, especially when bread gets under your fingernails, it never comes out. So I just yeah. keep them really short. And my nails are very short right now, but it still, it bugs me. <laughs> I'm a weirdo, but we know we're both weirdos. That's why we're yeah. the perfect pair for this podcast. Yeah. So Well, and like not everyone wants to, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. Yep. That's the advantage. So... I think that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to be diving right into cooking out of weeknight baking. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I meant I... to suggest that this. Sorry, I just have a suggestion nope. for our listeners. Yes. Uh, our episodes are getting longer, but you're getting lots of good content. So you might just think about like turning up the speed of your podcast. I personally listen to us at 1.2 or 1.3 speed and find it's very natural. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And it'll get you done the podcast a little quicker. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a little longer because we don't get to see each other very much anymore. So it's almost kind of like a social hour for us right now. That's true. We have so much to talk about. Um, So thank you to our listeners who are listening to us despite the length right now um, and always tuning in. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook and Instagram at Cook It Podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. By rating and reviewing us, you help others find us. Yay. Bye for now.